Yeah, so you. You were wondering. Yeah. Hold up. Who made you see yes, her? Yes, I knew you. Her. Oh. <laughs> so how, how did it happen? So you did the trail that had the first and second loop combined. Yeah, that's the one we that was did, in the email. Yeah, so but when we got here, some people didn't think they could do all of it, so we did the first loop oh. and, and now came back and doing the second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hi. So, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to keep going. Yes, enjoy. 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 See you guys at the end. All right. Bye. Bye. As soon as they said on news that we were in phase one and that gyms were going to be closed, I made the decision to make sure I hiked more. That's Nadella Smart on her resolve when the stay-at-home order was issued last year to curb the coronavirus pandemic. But soon as she began hitting the trails, friends, relatives, associates, and colleagues reached out to her, asking her if they could tag along with her, to which she said yes. And soon after they joined her on the trails, they asked her if she could be organizing the hikes. But considering the effort that goes into organizing people. Because people will forget even if it's in a big group text message. The better way is to have a website to refer people to go to. You know, and then that stuff that stays there. And then you have a registration system and then you can track who has come, who are your frequent hikers, for your new people that you need to reach out to. And because running a website costs money, Natalie thought. You know what? I'm going to be out here anyway. I love organizing groups of people. Why not do this and then also get paid for it? So she launched her hiking business, Destination Hike, in March 2020. And as soon as she began organizing and leading the hikes, the group bloomed into a mostly African-American group of hikers. Now, Natalie, in spite of herself, is using Destination Hike to dispel the misconception that black people don't hike. I want people to know that black people do hike even be an example for black people who are stuck in the mindset of black people don't do this black people don't do that black people don't hike black people don't blah 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 i want them to know that there are groups out there especially for those who are more interested in hiking with people that look like them there are groups out there because a lot of people say i never expected that there would be like a black hiking group even though i don't claim myself to be like just black hiking group you know i'm glad that i can provide an outlet for black people who feel more comfortable hiking with predominantly black people to that end on this episode of dispelling i'll be taking the mic onto the trail to highlight blacks experience in this outdoor space if you look historically and these formalized ways of recreating, Black people were often excluded and not allowed access. That's Rosalind Powell, a doctoral candidate in Parks, Recreation and Tourism Management at North Carolina State University. She says the thinking that Black people don't hike was born out of the American history of segregation. And that's not to say that Black people historically didn't find ways to resist and recreate. But if we think and the way that we conceptualize and kind of formally think about outdoor recreation, historically, 
Black people weren't allowed to go to these places or partake in these activities alongside white people. They were segregated activities. And so if you as a person grew up with this thinking that you are not allowed to hike, it takes seeing groups of people like you on the trail to break away from this mindset. Here's Rosalind again. If you grow up with this, this idea that hiking isn't something that you're allowed to do as a Black person, I think that it can be challenging to kind of push back against that, which is why having these kind of social groups that kind of expose and allow Black people to experience hiking and see themselves in these spaces can create a whole new generation of people who can now see themselves in these spaces and it not take away from their Blackness. The National Park Service's most recent 10-year survey, released July 2020, in a way confirms how this thinking has held Blacks back from taking part in the outdoors. The survey shows that people of color make up only 23% of the visitors to the 419 parks across the United States. The remaining 77% were white people, even as there was a 52.9% surge in outdoor participation last year an increase from 50.7% in 2019 and 50.5% in 2018, according to a preview of an upcoming outdoor participation report from the Outdoor Foundation, the philanthropic wing of the Outdoor Industry Association. The Foundation's report also shows that some 8.1 million more Americans went hiking in 2020 compared to 2019 as a cooped-up population looking for fresh air took advantage of hiking trails, parks, and other open spaces. Alongside many Americans, Natalie and her destination hike group contributed to this surge, going out on the trail every weekend down through the year. I hike by myself when I'm scouting different trails or if I just want to go out with my dog. But usually every weekend, I'll hike with a group that someone who's registered for one of my destination hike events. It's predominantly women. The men usually come out once like their wives or girlfriends draw them out. Mm. You might have some single men who come out who are just adventurer men. But typically a man who doesn't really know a lot of the people in the group doesn't typically just come by himself. I have one hiker who's a faithful hiker of mine and she's in her 60s. Okay. And she comes to all the hard hikes. Like the majority of the people who mm. come are early 30s to mid-50s. But every time their white counterparts see them on the trail, they invariably don't consider them a hiking group. When white people see us out on the trail, and in their efforts to try to be like, I guess, friendly or supportive, they actually are displaying certain microaggressions, like asking like, oh, are you guys a church family? Or like, is this some special occasion? Is this some special event? 
as if like that would be the only reason why black people would be out on a hiking trail. So I think there's an opportunity with Destination Hike to just expose more non-black people to the fact that black people do occupy outdoor spaces. The white hikers not acknowledging Destination Hike group as hikers. Roslyn says it's a reflection of how pro-white the American society is. In our broader society, the American identity is white. Due to systemic racism and colonization, the default setting for most areas in our society is white. And the outdoors is no different. And it's kind of been enforced through media, through policy, through access, that kind of reinforces and perpetuates this idea that the outdoors is for white people. And therefore, when you are not white and engaging in these types of activities, you're going to be seen as an anomaly. In spite of the white hikers' discriminative attitude towards them, some Destination Hike group members find hiking very refreshing. Um, I'm new to hiking. I started with Natalie probably September of last year. That's Jennifer Weaver of Fort Washington, Maryland. I saw some friends online that looked like me that were outside. I'm an outdoor person, so I wanted to hike. Um, I joined her in September, and I've hiked with her about four or five times. So wow. it's very refreshing to see black people out and outdoors and we get our looks when we're around others, but it's, it's refreshing, I would say. Other patrons of Destination Hike, like Tiffany Gillespie of District Heights, Maryland, says she finds hiking enjoyable, hiking with fellow blacks like Destination Hike group. I love, I love my people. Whatever it is that we can put our minds to, we can get it done. So I enjoy being with people that look like me. I love it. I love hiking. I love the outdoors. I experienced it in 2020 when we weren't able to do much. So that was my first time hiking. Although most of her patrons are new to hiking, Natalie's roots in hiking dated back to when she was a teenager. Growing up in Las Vegas is core and a year ago. A middle schooler in the mid-90s when Nevada government was building new schools. Her schools were always 1.9 miles away from home, a distance 0.1 miles shy of being eligible for a school bus. Hence, she walked the whole way to and from home throughout her middle and high school years. Unwittingly, she developed a passion for walking, that she would think of walking anywhere she wants to go first before thinking of vehicle. One of my best friends from elementary school will tell you, like, even before hiking, I loved to walk. Whenever she would come over, um, I'd be like, oh, okay, let's walk to the store or something like that. And I'd be like, oh, it's just around the corner. And like, to me, just around the corner, like a mile is just around the corner. But she was thinking like, it was literally gonna take us like, <laughs> five minutes to walk there. And so I just remember after that very first time, she was like, um, I need to know exactly where we're going. Cause like uh, Vegas kept building so many new schools and you don't get, you don't get bust unless you are 
more than two miles away from the school. Well, somehow I always ended up 1.9 miles away from the school that they built. So I kept having to walk to school. So yeah, I think that that probably actually plays a bigger part into my desire to hike all the time than I even like give credit for. However, during her college years at the University of California, Berkeley, as a student athlete, volleyball separated Natalie from hiking. But by the time she graduated in 2007, hiking found her back in the form of a trail behind her residence. When I got in like the end of high school and all of college, volleyball took over my life. So I didn't really, I didn't have any energy to go hiking after volleyball. But once I, once I graduated from college, one of the places that I lived while I was still in California was basically a, a hiking trail behind it. And so that was really nice. That's what got me just kind of out, just going back walking, you know, and then realizing that these are like actual designated hike trails. But Natalie wouldn't hike much until 12 years later, 11 years after she had moved to the East Coast, living in Maryland and working for Maryland National Capital Park and Planning Commission. I moved out to Maryland in 2008, and I didn't really start hiking until 2019 again. In the first couple of years I spent working, starting my job at Parks and Rec, and then I, uh, I was still into volleyball, so I was finding different places here to play uh, volleyball. And then, and then I was just working out. Like, I just would work out at the gym and stuff like that. But I didn't really get back into hiking until I was in a, involved in an adult adventure group, and hiking was one portion of it. And then that it just kind of really reignited my passion for hiking. Now, hiking as an adult, Natalie says, is more fun and even encouraging seeing people in the group she leads make progress. As an adult, you know, actually being prepared to hike and knowing what to bring and how to scout trails and all that, it makes it much more enjoyable and how to pick scenic sites and stuff, that makes it fun. And then bringing other people out to hike to see stuff that they haven't seen before and to challenge themselves. Because sometimes people, they'll be like, oh, I don't know if I can do five miles. I'm not going to make it or I'm not going to make it over this obstacle. And then to see how impressed they are with themselves when they do is like really inspiring. Encouraged as she is by her patron's progress. Natalie hopes that by coming on the trail with her, they develop a passion for hiking, more so that they connect with each other as a group they are. I really hope they develop an enjoyment for the outdoors. Um, so whether they hike, maybe they only do it once every six months, or they're some of the fanatics that come every single time. Like, I'm hoping that they get a greater appreciation for the outdoors, but that they also um, connect. Like hiking really is about 
connection. We're all out here on the trail together. More importantly, she hopes they leave valuing being active more than they do before coming. I hope that people take a greater perspective into their health because you get people who are like, I can't do that. I'm not, I don't, I'm not like young and fit like you are and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I'm not asking you to lift a 300 pound boulder. Like all you have to do is just keep going, keep moving your legs and keep breathing. So I did a hike and I had this girl who came out. It was her first time hiking. Um, and she struggled. Like she really struggled. And I remember um, she just kept saying, like, I don't understand why I'm in so much pain. Like, this is crazy. You know, I need to go see the doctor. And at first we all were just kind of like, if you don't work out and you're trying to come out here and hike, I'm telling you, hiking is harder than people think. Well, later she went to the doctor to kind of figure out like, hey, I really shouldn't be in this much pain. This hike was not that difficult. And come to find out, she actually found out that she had breast cancer. She had early stage breast cancer. And she emailed me back after that and was like, you know, I really attribute, you know, going on this hike to, to finding out that I had breast cancer and being able to catch it early. Because she was like, I never would have known. I had no reason to suspect that I could have or would have had breast cancer. And if I had not come out on this hike and just saw how challenging it was for me personally, um, I probably would have never checked or I never would have went to the doctor about this because I wouldn't have known because she wasn't active. Having led the group for 15 months straight, Natalie hopes to add transportation component and do more travel hikes as COVID-19 restrictions are being lifted and normalcy is returning. Well, the plan is to do what the purpose of Destination Hike is and really plan more travel hikes, do more distance, add more distance, add the more overnight component. Um, now that the world's opening up, that's much more possible. I would do that. And I also would then try to add transportation as a component because a lot of these trips, these day hikes, some of them are far away. They could be between an hour and two hours away. And it makes it easier sometimes if, if, you know, you offer transportation in the form of like a 15 passenger bus and people pay into that bus so that they don't have to drive all the way to where they're going. So um, that, that just makes it helpful sometimes. I really see travel hiking becoming a big thing and destination hike being a part of that. I see people, um, a lot of people when they go on vacation and travel, they hiking may be one part of one day of their week-long experience, but I think with this wave of, of seeing people actually traveling to destinations to hike, um, I want that to be the focus. Hiking has healing aspects to it. Hiking has healing properties to it. So some of these trips are almost, it's almost like they're going to be healing trips. So you're traveling to get away, to hike, to experience the power of nature, the magic of nature. Um, everything else is secondary, but your, your primary purpose is to go hike because you know you're getting that healing aspect of it and then exploring whatever else that area may have. In normalizing Black's presence in the great outdoors, however, 
Rosalind, the doctoral candidate in parks, recreation, and tourism management, says Blacks' participation needs to be well represented in the media. We need to be, Black people need to be more represented because we are recreating. We are in these spaces. And so we need to make sure that we are being shown and that's one of the reasons why social media is so powerful, because it allows Black people to control the narrative and to show that they are in these spaces. Additionally, she says Blacks need to be part and parcel of the outdoors management team. I think we really need to reconstruct and decolonize how we think about outdoor recreation. A lot of what we do and our organizations have racism systemically built into them. And so if we're to make Black people in outdoor space is normal, then we need to deconstruct how we are doing our work and how we are creating these spaces or managing these spaces, and that we're including and bringing Black people into the conversation. We often talk about, you know, giving people a seat at the table, but I think we should be trying to reconstruct the table get rid of the table really and have <laughs> make sure we're all represented in these conversations that black people are holding places of power that we're given leadership positions that's how you normalize black bodies in these spaces we need a new system and so it, it goes beyond just holding diversity programs it goes beyond just including Black people in your advertisement. It really requires both researchers and practitioners to decolonize and reconstruct the ways in which we are looking at and um, managing outdoor spaces. And then that's how you create a new normal. Amid the systemic racism, Rosalind draws hope of a better America from seeing people continually challenge the status quo in society. Because I know that there are people who are out here and doing the work to kind of fight against systemic racism and oppression. I have hope in humanity and I don't know when and I don't know how the change will come about, but because we see it every day, we, we're, we're seeing more and more people be very upfront and look at things more holistically and challenge these systems of oppression. And so as long as I see people who are resisting, even in participating in activities like hiking, as a form of resistance against white supremacy. That's what gives me faith that the necessary change is going to come somehow, some way. On that note, people, thanks for sticking it out with me listening. It's been revealing coming on the trail with y'all. And until we meet again on this dispelling tip, I remain yours truly, Blind Magic. Natalie, hold on a sec. What do you say Iken is again? It's a mind, body, and spirit thing. It really is. And like, it's your own personal journey. You're the only one taking those steps. You're the only one that can get to point A and point B. And one of the, the, the things about hiking is 
once you make a decision to go, you just got to finish it. Because unless you know how to read trails and unless you know how to get back to where you started, if you hike with a group, you're going to finish with the group. So you might as well push on through because you don't know how to get back. How to get back. How to get back.